We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show Welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage, all the way at, you know into discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk about some fantasy football because this is a, a road of his radio podcast, but we also make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And with the NFL draft coming up here soon, Julian Edelman retiring and his Hall of Fame debate already getting everyone riled up, uh, you know, James Conner going to the Cardinals and everyone still arguing over the top incoming rookies. There's so much to talk about right now with football. And to help me sift through all that noise and talk some Hall of Fame debates and as well as some top rookies and veterans who may need to worry about their roster spot here soon, 
I'm joined by a special guest, Steffi Smalls. You can find her on Twitter at Steffi Smalls with three L's there. Uh, she's with Fade the Noise. Uh, she's also the host of her new show, Small Talk with Steffi Smalls. Does the uh, Our Friday show with uh, Dave Kluge and has been pretty busy doing a whole bunch of other shows too. But if you want to find all of her stuff, you can definitely find her on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I think she's got a little story about the, the extra L there in, in your name. Is that right, Steffi? Yes. First, thanks for having me. This is a blast, especially with all this nonsense going on with Edelman. Uh, the three L's in my Twitter handle skin for Brady's three losses, a soon-to-be Hall of Famer, who's someone that is up for no debate, obviously. But two of his losses came from my Eli Manning and one from my Nick Foles, who went to my alma mater at University of Arizona. So I take pride in those three L's because they're near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Oh, that, that's amazing. As somebody who uh, is, is quite sick of Tom Brady taking up the past two decades of football, uh, I applaud the extra L there in your name for sure. But yeah, there's there's tons to talk about right now, right? What, with all this Julian Edelman talk and all this rookie stuff, I mean, we're like, what, two weeks away from the NFL draft. Uh, so before we get into any more of the rookies, I just wanted to kind of, I, I, you've been posting about some of this uh, Hall of Fame talk and debate. And so I want to break down this Julian Edelman thing. Uh, here first obviously you know he has had some big game moments big contributions like you I've, I've heard people say you can't really tell the story of the 2010s in the NFL without talking about Julian Edelman and I'm like okay that's cool but uh you know he's like 156th in career receiving yards with like just over 6,800 and he's still well outside the top 100 even if you include all his playoff stats and he only has three 1,000 yard seasons not like the typical hall of famer and he's never caught more than seven receiving touchdowns in a season. Uh, but, you know, you know, he does have the three Super Bowls. He does have a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, so, you know, he did have that crazy story coming out of college. He like, had no uh, scholarship offers, went and played at Kent State. For those of you who, who that's actually a real school, I promise. Uh, he didn't even get a you know combine invite. Uh, you know he's drafted late, basically like, almost the very end of the draft. Uh, like if it weren't for the Patriots, he would not have been drafted. Yet he somehow st- found a way to succeed and and make an impact for the Patriots. So it's a very cool story. I mean he's a fun fun personality. You know Tom Brady's best friend, but. I'm not sure that you put Tom Brady's best friend on your plaque and then that all of a sudden gets you into the Hall of Fame. Uh, So what are your thoughts, Steffi, as to Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer? Yeah, I think that here's the thing with the Hall of Fame that's been kind of driving me crazy. And I think that this is kind of a newer thing. I don't know that this is something that's always, I don't know if social media contributes to it or what it is. So every time that someone retires, we don't have to immediately be like, oh, they're going to the Hall of Fame. Like, it's okay (laughs) for a player to be great, right? Like, we can have great players, and they can have a great career, and it's no disrespect to their career, but it doesn't enter them immediately into the Hall of Fame. So you look at the wide receivers that have made it to the Hall of Fame, and is Edelman like that? No. I mean, like, period. Like, it's not (laughs) – it's not really up for debate for me. I think that Edelman has had a fantastic career. And did he have very monumental postseason, uh, you know, uh, contributions to to the Patriots? Absolutely. Um, Especially, I think that a lot of it comes with him being kind of uh, Tom Brady's right-hand man for a while there. And I think that that obviously adds to it. And But the one thing that drives me crazy is, for some reason, Eli Manning's career, you know, and being, I will, I I don't lie, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a little bit of a homer. Yes, very much so. But um, as you'll learn later on the show, and maybe not as much as you think, is I think that, you know, why why do we keep dragging this guy's career through through the mud? Uh, you know, we're, we're not even talking about the same position here. So is Edelman a, a Hall of 
of Famer? No. Was Edelman a fantastic player in the NFL? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean you, the Hall of Fame should be for the Hall of Fame. But lately it seems like we're kind of just, you know, we want everyone to go to the Hall of Fame. And I, you know, it's kind of a millennial thing where, you know, everyone gets a trophy, (laughs) but like it it just doesn't work like that anymore. (laughs) No, I I don't think everybody should get a Hall of Fame bust. You know, I don't don't think it should be uh, this thing that we keep on expanding more and more. And, and it is true that they actually are adding like an extra wing in, in Canton. They're, they're actually adding more to it. They want to like have uh, more like big moment type plays and displays. And I I don't know if you've ever actually been to the Hall of Fame, but it's, it's pretty cool. They have every year, they'll have like a new set of really cool things that just happened from the previous season or just uh, commemorate things that happened five or six years years ago and there's a special set of the hall of fame just for big moments and and i think that kind of thing fits julian edelman like like have his gloves from that crazy catch you know have you know his cleats from this game or his his helmet from this game you know something like that that makes Mm -hmm. sense like he had some big moments and some big games for the patriots but that doesn't mean that he needs to be enshrined uh, and have that golden bust and and be included in the hall of fame because i mean it it just we have to draw draw the line somewhere and there's only been like 29 wide receivers ever to be in, in, in the Hall of Fame. So uh, to me, I, I don't think I don't think he's a top 100 wide receiver, let alone top 30. Absolutely not. And I think, you know, and again, like in it, it's not me. And I feel like a lot of it, you know, where a lot of the debate comes from is you want to argue because you think that we're saying that the, he did not have a great career. He had a great <laughs> career. I mean, right. the guy played quarterback in college. We're yeah. like, this is. What he was able to accomplish is fantastic, but he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, you look at some of the guys that got snubbed out of the Hall of Fame, and, and, and you know, Edelman should not even be part of this discussion. I, I think that's awesome. You know, Ken, this will be my first time I'm going for the Fantasy Expo. It's actually my birthday weekend. I'm very excited. I have not yet gotten a chance to 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 go to the, the Hall of Fame there in Ken, and I think that you know, having an area that's dedicated to players, you know, like like Edelman, because people are right. Can you write the story of Tom Brady without Edelman? No, you can't. But Edelman is still he's not a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And yeah. that's it. There's really no debate about it. I mean, yes, again, great career, not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you'd have to really squint to, to even begin to make an argument. And, and I know some people just want to Say well, just forget the numbers. You can't really, conv- you know, forget the numbers when we're talking about actually who's in the Hall of Fame already. Like he's, I think he's 600 yards behind, you know, anybody in NFL history that's actually gotten in at his position in terms of receiving yards, and he's like over 4,000 yards behind any other wide receiver that even played one year in the 2000s. So it's just like uh, even in this, it, even you know, with his inflated production, given the pass happy area that he played. And he's just still not even close from a production standpoint. So I, I like Julian Edelman. He's not a bad player, but man, there's just such a long list of really great players, perennial, just Pro Bowl, all pro type players that have not gotten in that are going to have to get in way before he does. I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. Like even Wes Welker is going to have to go in before he does. Yes, absolutely. And I saw the craziest thing about Wes Walker and Antonio Brown before I got on this podcast. Just like the most absurd comment I've ever seen ever on Twitter. But like even speaking, like has, I mean, has uh, Edelman even made it to the Pro Bowl or am no. I wrong? No, no he, he actually hasn't. Even, 
guys, come on. Like, he's not even an all-pro pro ball. Like, he's nothing. He he did not make those accolades. Like, that that should at least be the bare minimum there. Yes, of course, he has that Super Bowl MVP. And, I like, all the respect to him. He's on the All-Decades team with the Patriots. But this is not – this is just not a Hall of Famer. The Hall of Famer should be for the greatest of all time. Like, people love that word, GOAT. This should be the greatest of all time. <laughs> If it was an average other Monday, no one would even blink. If someone else retired at the same time, you're not getting Edelman in the conversation. That's it. Yeah. People are bored. It's the off season. That's the problem. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like it's everyone's twirling in circles talking about the, the same 10 takes with rookies and everything like that. And, it's, <laughs> yeah. and, and arguing is so much that we're just like, oh, something else happened that's not rookies. Let's talk about that for a second. And then, I mean, and here we are. We're doing it now. But uh <laughs> And we will get to some rookie rookie talk, actually, uh, just making fun of ourselves again, uh, talking about some rookie stuff, but and also some veterans who may need to worry about their jobs. But first, uh, what about some other guys, you know, that just, you know, are just fresh out of the NFL or on their way out of the NFL? I mean, like 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 your boy, Eli Manning, like you, you, in your description, he's not exactly the goat. But like, what's the argument for, for him being in the Hall of Fame for you? Yeah. So and here's my thing with Eli and. And maybe Eli is someone that finds himself along that, you know, that Edelman area of the Hall of Fame that you were speaking of earlier. And and do I argue with that? Not necessarily. I think is you know, it's hard because you look at Eli and this is one of my problems with the Hall of Fame is are we looking at that individual's career? Or are we looking at that individual compared to like a player of their era? So, yes, if you compare Eli to the like the quarterbacks of his era, no, he's not necessarily what maybe the requirements would ask for. But I think, again, it, it, to make it's a little bit silly to compare Edelman and Eli. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was a four-time Pro Bowl. He, he won two fantastic Super Bowls. Like, you almost can't write – actually, no, I will not say almost. You cannot write NFL history without the two Giants Super Bowl wins. Like, you for just real? can't do it. Like, those two wins in 2007 and 11, like, you just can't write it. I mean – he also still, and this is something that Edelman doesn't have, he does have NFL records. I mean, he has the most passing yards in a single postseason. Like, he holds that record. Not like he's the second, third, fourth. Like, he holds the record. I mean, this is this is someone that at least he 100% deserves. Like, they should be looking at him to go to the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't go to the Hall of Fame, am I going to cry my eyes out? No, I'm not going <laughs> to cry my eyes out. Yes, I think he deserves it because of the fact that the NFL would be very different if he was not there those two years. So yeah. I think, you know, looking at it, especially the way that they're trying to compare it to Edelman, please don't tell me that Edelman deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, th- th- these are not – this should not be in question within each other. So you, you look at, you know, thinking about the postseason – how much of I guess it comes down to how much of the postseason and the actual season are we kind of taking into play? Because I think as a whole, yes, Eli Manning deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as a whole for what he did, what he accomplished. What like you just straight up can't write you can't write the NFL without those two years. It's impossible, yeah. especially with Brady. You know, so yeah, seriously, I think I mean, that it comes down to what you do with the postseason. Yeah, for sure, and I think with Edelman, he really. His argument rests almost solely in the postseason. But with Eli, it's kind of both because he did have four Pro Bowl seasons. He did have, you know, eighth all time in passing yards ever. And obviously he's in the past happiest era ever, but he still was consistent year after year being that Iron Man. You know, I don't know how many seasons, what, 10, 12 seasons in a row where he didn't miss a start. He didn't miss a start his whole career. Yeah, That's pretty much. Crazy. It was just insane. Like that. 
free. Like, basically, he did not. And that's, you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, he won, like, Waller Payton. And the, he won all these things. Bart Starr. He won all, every every accolade you could think of. It, it, like, Eli Manning holds it. He's yeah. a class act. I think that there's an argument. So, there to me, there's no argument for Edelman. For for Eli Manning, there's absolutely an, an argument. Is he going to be on first ballot? No. Uh, but is he going to probably make it to the, to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. With the with the two Super Bowls and really the Super Bowls dethroning somebody who was dominating uh, right. basically twenty years of football, uh, taking out right. Tom Brady. Like there's, there's just something more to that. And so yeah, it, it, was he ever the greatest quarterback in the league in his era? No, but he has no. way too many other things going for him mm-hmm. that are going to get him in. But what about a guy who's like you know Philip Rivers? Like, does, do you think not because of you know the the postseason stuff he just doesn't have or I think if you're you know if you're going to tell your 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 grandkids about uh the NFL from 2000 to 2015 is Philip Rivers part of your story no Uh, did Philip Rivers (laughs) give us some awesome did he give us some awesome football though yeah for sure I love Philip Rivers like I'm a Philip Rivers stan but like again don't tell me that Philip Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame and Eli Manning shouldn't because you decredit yourself immediately like, and I think yeah. that people hang on to, you know, the last few years of people's careers and did, did Philip Rivers pull it together much more than Eli? Absolutely. But everyone knows the Giants. I mean, it's, a, it was a dysfunctional, dis- dysfunctional franchise there at the end for him. So you can't count all of it. You have to look at it as like, what's the big picture? What, like, why are we even having this discussion? <laughs> and I'm not having the discussion for Philip Rivers. You want to talk about someone that's going to retire I mean, he says he's going to play longer. Someone that I I think deserves to be in the Hall of Fame is like someone like Adrian Peterson. Like that's someone that I think yeah. the talk there. And I, you know what? And speaking of Tom Brady and talking about Adrian Peterson, like I think those are players where do you, does anyone have a debate? Like that's it. Like they're going to the Hall of Fame, yeah. right? Like there's no debate. There shouldn't be a debate here. Like Tom Brady is going to the Hall of Fame. Adrian Pearson should 100% go to the Hall of Fame. Like, his career is one of my favorites of history ever, of all time. What he was able to accomplish after an injury. I mean, this guy holds records that are not – I think he's in what – what is it? He's like the one of only seven runners to gain 2,000 or more yards in a season. Yeah. And And that was after – people forget, that's after his ACL surgery. Yeah. He came back in 2012 and did that. And then 2013, he basically did the same thing. Like, the guy is fantastic. He's still in the league, too. Like, this is crazy. So, he's someone, like, that's no debate. Philip Rivers? No. I mean, yes, he's one of the greats, and we love Philip Rivers, but, like, he doesn't – if you're not going to put Eli Manning in, no, Philip Rivers is not going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like other guys, like in that same vein, like but maybe didn't have the the crazy upside that people kind of always associate with it. But I mean, Frank Gore, like he like he actually broke his pelvis, like broke his pelvis back in two thousand and ten, in his sixth season, which was two thousand and ten. He broke his pelvis and then played ten more years. Like that's insane. And people actually forget that back in two thousand and six, when I was still in high school, he had a, a season where he had over two thousand yards from scrimmage. So he had that peak too. People just forget because no one was even alive to, to remember uh, how dominant he was as well. But it's going to be interesting just to see some of these guys that are aging out uh, get to that point. Yeah. You know, but, Drew Brees, that's someone you yes. bring into discussion. You yes. know, that one's going to be tough, I think. You know, uh, that'll be an interesting which way it goes. I think, again, you know, you've got, because it was such a strong core of quarterbacks, and I think that's what makes it very difficult is 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're comparing them to each other and who did what, who accomplished this, who accomplished that. So that'll, it'll be very interesting to see. There's a bunch of guys that are coming up on retirement and that it's going to be very fishy how people uh, decide who is what. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, that dude went to my alma mater, Drew Brees, man. Purdue, like he's the only good thing that's really ever come out of Purdue. <laughs> so uh, got to hold on to that guy. Uh, as he, you know, basically he's got records all over the place in terms of passing yards, touchdowns, everything like that. So he's going to make it. But let's move on on the other side, dive into some instant impact rookies and some veterans that may need to worry about losing some snaps here soon. But first, a word from our sponsors. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. All right, and we're back. So we talked Julian Edelman, Hall of Fame debate, talked about Eli Manning because Steffi is a, a Giants fan and has to defend her guy and some other guys that are probably going to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But we're just two weeks away or less by the time you probably listen to this show uh, from the NFL draft. So I want to talk some instant impact rookies that can make a difference right away and some veterans that we might have to worry about uh, losing some of their work here soon. Uh, so really first question for you, Steffi, is like which of the I mean, there's and there's a bunch here. I mean, there's a bunch of quarterbacks to get excited about with these rookies. Which of these rookie quarterbacks do you think has the biggest impact in year one? You know, this is interesting because everyone's very much on the Lawrence train. And now you see, you know, what's happening with the Jets and everything. The uh, Wilson comes into play. I personally like my QB one is Justin Fields. I am not going to really stray away from that. I think that you can compare him very much to Dak Prescott. And the difference with Justin Fields is he's going to go to a system that I think will be more uh, like a sponge, like ready to accept him, like ready to go. Um, I would love to see him go somewhere that's, 
that's ready for his, like, he's a serious rushing threat. He's very elusive, great accuracy. And, you know, Prescott's phenomenal. And that is my best comp to him. So I love Justin Fields. I am all on board in him. Someone that I think is sneaky is Trey Lance. Trey Lance probably, in my opinion, has the most raw talent of these quarterbacks. The problem is Trey Lance is not ready to go right into the NFL. Trey Lance will benefit from sitting on the bench. He's not ready to start day one. Justin Fields, I think, is ready to start day one. I think Wilson will have trouble transitioning to the NFL a little bit more than everyone is thinking. So for me, it's very much Justin Fields. I'm I'm very high on Justin Fields. I, you know, I stayed away from the rookie QBs, especially with film for a little bit, because you know, you see what happens with Darnold. I'm over it. I'm not going to get a crush on one of these guys and then have them blow it again. Right. So you broke my heart and now I've learned fool me once, you know? So (laughs) I think that Justin Fields, though, after looking at all of the film, the even last night, it was really like yesterday. I started looking at stuff a little bit more in depth. Um, I had really had only looked at Trey Lance and Lawrence, um, but then looking at Wilson and Fields a little bit more, I really like, I really like what Fields, I think his ability to transition, get ready to go, his mobility, so loose, like so elusive. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, it's funny. We're on the same page actually. So I, I, I really, I feel like I've been talking about this, this debate as to who would be the quarterback one in this class for like five years. Uh, Cause I'm one of those nerds that plays in Devi fantasy football leagues. So like where you can have college football players on your team for years in advance. And so like we knew for years and years that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were the dudes like since, since they were age 16, like it's been them one and two. And, uh, you know, Zach Wilson came on strong this year, had a just undebatably incredible season against really bad competition, but a really great year. Trey Lance had a basically one okay game against Central Arkansas last year uh, to follow up his incredible 2019, where he had 28 pass touchdowns to zero interceptions and over a thousand rushing yards on the. And so just. His his ability as a dual threat is, is going to be fun when he's given the chance. And then Mac Jones, of course, having like a 98th, 99th percentile efficiency passing season. But man, what it comes down to for me is Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are just still a cut above and probably uh, should be regarded as the safer options in this draft. I mean, they both have at least two seasons of 90th percentile or, pro, or higher uh, passing efficiency seasons, like against top competition, like way up like against the toughest competition in the biggest games. I mean, Justin Fields just <laughs> dropped six touchdowns and almost 400 yards against Clemson in the playoff. Uh, and then they both really have exhibited better mobility than Zach Wilson or Mac Jones, and they don't have the competition questions that Wilson and Lance have. So for me, I think it's going to be one of those two, but I find myself leading Fields just because uh, he could go to a situation like the 49ers. If, he's, if he is taken at the 49ers slot, uh, that's just hands down QB1 right out of the gate. I think he's going to be that dude. Do you think that he, uh, you know, whoever goes to the 49ers immediately usurps a veteran like Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, you know, and someone that, you know, as a Giants fan who has dealt with horrific offense for a little bit here, you know, Shanahan (laughs) is someone I admire the crap out of. I mean, his offensive mind is something beautiful. Uh, So I think that all these takes that, you know, oh, Shanahan, you know, they're saying like it doesn't matter that it's Shanahan. No, it actually really does that matter that Shanahan. So you give him someone that has the capability to do the NFL tomorrow, even if he doesn't. I think that Jimmy G will still, there's a very high possibility Jimmy G 
you know, starts couple, but I think we'll see this rookie come in. I think that Shanahan has, you know, that team and people forget this past season, they played with that, with their, their raw, their bench roster. Yeah. I mean, this was not a team that played with all their guys. So you get a quarterback in there that is not, you know, Jimmy G and Jimmy G. Yes. He did. I get the Super Bowl thing. I got it. Jimmy G is not, he's a QB two period. I, right. Like I'm not going to have this discussion with people anymore. Like it's just what he is. Can, is he a, is he on the higher end of QB twos? Yeah, of course he is. Um, but I think that, giving Shanahan a rookie that is NFL ready, give, even giving him Mac Jones, because Mac Jones, he has that ceiling. And I think that people get a bad taste in their mouth with these Alabama quarterbacks. But <laughs> I, you know, I don't really care if it's, you know, he always has weapons. It doesn't really matter. Mac Jones is still, he's someone that reminds me, he's just not as, obviously he's not as mobile. He's a bigger boy. You look at Ben Roethlisberger, you look at guys like this, that they just don't move. They're not going to move around the pocket. Yeah, of course they're not. They're not Wilson, you know? It's not guys that are getting out of the way. That's not his role as a quarterback. So your expectations are too high because that is not his ceiling. His ceiling is to be a fantastic quarterback that's not mobile. He is not a dual threat quarterback. He never, yeah. It's not going to happen. He's a big boy. So I think that giving Shanahan, you know, giving him a quarterback that's ready to learn and is accepting to learn, but is also on the higher end, like ready to start a little sooner than some of the, like Trey Lance, he could probably do fantastic with, but that's going to, you're probably going to see Trey Lance on the bench a little bit longer. Uh, I think that it, it would be good for Trey Lance. I just don't know if I see it there. I just, yeah. I'm not seeing that happen. Yeah. And, and really with him, it's just, he has only played one real live action game in the last year and change. So it would be a lot for him to just come in and instantly take it from Jimmy G. But yeah, I think Mac Jones or Justin Fields having just, come from the highest competition that you can physically face at the collegiate level uh, and jumping in would immediately be a major upgrade over Jimmy G. But even though in just changing gears here, even though the Cardinals just brought in James Conner, you know, there's just today. Uh, do you think uh, that, you know, he or Chase Edmonds still actually have to worry about some rookie running back joining them this year? I mean, the Cardinals do have like two picks inside the first 49 overall. They do. So I am a big James Conner stan. I will not lie. I do support James Conner, especially, you know, I do uh, obviously dip my feet very much into the fantasy world. So I like James Conner. I think James Conner, yes, you can talk about his injuries all you want to me, but a lot of times injuries come from who are you using abusing? James Conner is an example of someone that has been used and abused. So yeah. I think that you bring him to a system like the Cardinals where he is, could very much flourish. I've never been high in Evans. You know, I, I think that probably um, in like maybe the third round we see them. There's still some good RB value a little later on, but they're guys that need to develop and work on their skills. So I don't know that they need to worry about a rookie coming in and stealing the spotlight. But they might have to worry about a guy like next. I think that someone's going to get reps. I think maybe second, third round. You're going to see that they're going to take a running back. That's the bottom line. They will yeah. take a running back. I mean, neither of these guys are RB1s, in my opinion. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do because like, they could maneuver and trade back and, and get somebody later in, in round three. I don't think they actually have a round three or four pick right now. But like, there's been talk about how they about could that. even maneuver around and actually make it happen but I think Chase Edmonds would be the safer bet just because he's such a receiving threat he actually had what the sixth most targets of any running back last year and yeah. was already like the PPR like RB 26 
uh, last year. And so, I mean, he, yeah. he just has a role that's pretty well uh, rounded out into that offense. And uh, obviously, the Cardinals didn't care about the inefficiency uh, from Drake last year. He was like 150th or something in fantasy points over expected per game because he just yeah. was so inefficient. And I, and I could see James Conner taking a, a decent uh, workload there and being inefficient, but n- them still feeding him anyway. But I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I could see them still bringing somebody else in and making it a really muddy situation right. for all three. But the safest one feels like uh, Chase Edmonds moving forward, really. Yeah. just to, for And it's pe- hard, you know. I mean, the Steelers really had a full inability to run the ball. So <laughs> I, like, literally don't, like, I can't judge last season that well. I think that James Conner, the weeks that I did play him and I expected him to do well, he, he did exactly what I expected him to do. So I think a lot of times we expect players to fill roles that they can't fill. James Conner is not an RB1. He is an RB2. So you should expect him to play as like accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> so, But there will be a rookie that's going to come and threaten that. And maybe that's what the boost that both of them need, to be honest. Yeah, that, that, that will be an interesting spot to watch just because this running back class isn't super deep in, in most people's opinions. But, man, if they do get somebody like – it would be really weird if they got Hubbard, Like yeah. you get someone like that in there that maybe yeah. they can work with off season. I I mean, there's some steals very late in the draft, yeah. I think. But I don't, a lot of these guys, I mean, there's a big gap between these first-round guys and yeah. like – jump to third almost a little bit from what I've seen. And again, those are the two, you know, quarterback and running back are the two I haven't really touched that much because it's too hairy for me. Like I, you know, I can't hands off a little bit there. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be like a, a Najee Harris or a Travis Etienne that comes in that, that spot, but it will be interesting just to see if they add some help there. But uh, I'm curious what to see what the, what the Jaguars are going to do. And uh, just cause James Robinson had such a great season and they, they bring in Carlos Hyde, who at this point is just not, not great uh so do you think that they bring in some help there uh to to kind of challenge uh, the former undrafted free agent in james robinson yeah it's inter- that's an interesting question there i mean they probably will they, there's a lot of teams though that need to get the help so i yeah. don't know how it, this is a weird draft though like as a whole like the entire year so i think we're gonna have to see like how the draft goes but they definitely i can't imagine that their idea of um, help is Carlos Hyde. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think that that's four years thought. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah. I don't know about that 2000 whatever not this year <laughs> yeah but I, I think one one prime you know even if it doesn't happen there just because James Robinson did he was successful last year he was almost every down kind of guy um, but Miles Gaskin in Miami some people like him but Miami just looked like they were just trying every little thing out all last year at the running back position and couldn't figure out anything so for me I would love to, to see one of the top running backs go to Miami and get to play mm-hmm. uh, with the, the offense that they're going to be building there because they've got a bunch of ammo this year in the draft. So uh, that's a situation where I think they've got plenty of uh, ammunition to add to the fold. Uh, so Miles Gaskin, I don't, I don't know if you watch much college ball, but I was really surprised he went so late because he was like a four-year starter mm-hmm. for Washington and was super productive there. Just didn't test super athletically, dropped to day three. Um, got some chances last year and, and looked decent, but uh, I mean, do you think there's any chance he doesn't get completely dethroned by somebody else this year? It's funny because the two places I had James Conner going was I thought the Dolphins was a really nice place for him. Um, yeah. 
scheme wise and then the cardinals were my second choice so i knew one of the teams was probably going to take a good look at him uh but you know with, with as far as gaskin goes I don't. I think that the Dolphins would be foolish not to bring in a top guy. I think that yeah. bringing in someone like Najee Harris, I, I think, would be really, really awesome for them. Oh yeah. But Miles Gaskin, I think he's going to be this rotational guy. I don't see him, and it's unfortunate, you know. And I, he's not someone immediately that I ever watched college film on, so I, I don't like to comment on things that I am not, you know, I, sure. I don't know very well, but I. I can't get behind Miles Gaskin and I adore him and I think that he's a great player, but I'm not getting behind. If I'm, if I am the Dolphins, I'm, I'm definitely picking up one of these top guys because there, there is some of these top guys are very, very good. Um, so I, but no, Miles Gaskin, I'm yeah. sorry. I love you, but no. Yeah. And that's, and that's, if, I actually liked him, you know, like coming out and I wanted to root for him, but it's just, yeah. It looks like there's probably going to be somebody coming in that's going to challenge, and he's probably not going to be really given that that feature workload. Uh, but you know, th- this we haven't even really talked about the wide receivers just yet. I mean, this this wide receiver class is kind of crazy, and a lot of people have been hyping up this group of, of guys for a long time. It's looking like more and more we could see more than just four or even five, maybe maybe even six wide receivers go first round again somehow. Uh, given all the the guys that have been mocked there, so uh, looking at the the wide receiver rooms that might have some early uh, new names join the fold. I mean, I think of like the Eagles because they haven't been able to do anything with their wide receivers, and even like the Bengals that we want to get hyped up about, like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, like, the, what happens if Jamar Chase actually gets taken by the Bengals up up like at the you know top ten pick there? I don't be surprised. I mean, like, that has Bengals written all over it. They've talked about it. You put Chase there, it's awesome. They need to really make sure in the whatever route, like, the next pick that they have, they're addressing the fact that they really need to fix their non-existent O-line. And I, I will repeat <laughs> yeah. that one more time. Non, Like, the only other O-line that is that non-existent is the Raiders because they quite literally don't have one. Yeah. So, like, you know, so it's like they got to address it. I personally, I and for people that do follow me on Twitter and do follow my work is I'm very big on the O-line. I'm very big on O-line matters first. I mean, like, it does not matter what you do on offense if your O-line sucks, period. Like, yeah, I'm so, so high at fixing the O-line ahead of everything. So, if you know, if your stud Joe Burrow asks for for Chase, you're probably going to get <laughs> chased, right? Who's right. going to argue that? But coming off of an injury, it's not really a smart move from Burrow because you know what's going to happen again if you don't fix it. So, but yeah, it's going to be a great weapon. It's going to devalue a lot of these guys that we all own in fantasy. But I mean, we'd love to see it, of course. And if they yeah. can somehow, you know, there is some good value in the second round with the tackles, with the guards. I, I'm not going to lie about that. It's where I spend a lot of my film on, like. You know, some Leatherwood, some of these guys oh, yeah. are later on, the guy from Texas. Uh, like, there's a bunch of guys down there that you can definitely get in a second. But but it's kind of worth t- – those top two – top two guys, Penny and Slater, I mean, it's Penny and Slater and then, e- like, everyone else. Like, you know, so this is a situation where, of course, yeah, you could address it, but these guys are NFL-ready. So how yeah. much do you value your quarterback's health? 
Yeah, I mean, as as a Giants fan, you know all too well that uh, offensive line or the lack thereof uh, can can really matter. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be a major concern for the Bengals to kind of fix that and bring in Sewell or or even Sean Slater. You know, some people even like Christian Derrissaw. But man, yeah, I think that the depth there they could get somebody in in round two. And if they want to pair up, you know, Jamar Chase with his college quarterback and Joe Burrow and 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 reinstill that that magic that uh, was their 20 plus touchdown connection in their final season together uh that would be a lot of fun and that would be a a throw a wrench in things for guys like t higgins guys like tyler boyd um guys that we are all you know super excited about and even even you know Auden tate truthers that uh think he's still gonna be a thing uh i know (laughs) i'm upset because i just bought higgins like i'm so like frustrated because then with this news coming out like two weeks later after I finally get my first Higgins shares I'm like all excited (laughs) I'm like no the Bengals won't be crazy they won't do anything crazy and then here we go Burrow's like I want Chase I'm like you little (laughs) crap (laughs) of course right 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 now that's how it goes with me too I'll I'll trade for somebody in some of my leagues and news will drop that afternoon that's just how it rolls but uh, Eagles wide receivers though is 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 Jalen Rager is he dead like to you like I I I was so frustrated because I was so high on him coming out of school uh but it looks like uh they they need to add some help there so like does that if they add somebody like first round does that really change things for either I mean Rager or even the tight ends there you know, no, I think that also, do we really know if Ertz is staying there? Like, I don't yeah. know if everyone can, I don't know if that's happening. I just don't really see that. I, I don't know that he's definitely going to stay there. I, I don't see him playing the entire year there for some reason. I don't think he's high on staying with the Eagles. I think he was really disappointed with the franchise at the end of the season. I think that the wide receiver situation is bad over there. I think the nice thing for teams like the Eagles, teams like, you know, the New York Giants, teams that still need to add a wide receiver threat. The nice thing about it is that it is a deep class. So we're talking like guys in the second round could very easily, without a doubt in my mind, be a wide receiver one starting day one. Like there are guys that could very much, they go to the right scheme, they go to the right coach, they go to, as long as it's the right system, they'll very much easily be a wide receiver one. But... The Eagles historically are not great at picking wide receivers. So, you know, so do you, <laughs> what do you do here? I mean, it's like kind of, you got to pick your poison. I think they have a lot of things to address, but you got to give, you know, I'm not off of his train. I think that giving, you know, giving Hurts his own season, giving Hurts his own system, one thing that scares me over there is how young that coaching staff is. But I think you give them, Give him an, another season. I'm not going to jump off the train. I was never <laughs> yeah. fully on. I'm like dangling a little bit. Yeah, like I'm yeah. not like fully on here. <laughs> but I think that, you know, you give him give him a chance. But I think that it's still, they're another team that has to address. I actually, you know, because their money, that's why. Their money situation was too bad to really address anything. Yeah. Um, I would have loved for them to kind of address that in, the, I mean, as a Giants fan, I don't really give a crap what they <laughs> no. do. Let's be clear. I don't right. care what the Eagles do. I'm looking forward to it. But I think Hurts has potential. I think that Hurts, uh, give Hurts his own time to shine, and you might see that connection happen. He could very much easily have a breakout. Like if you told me six months into this, lying in six months, three <laughs> months into the season, he's like, one of the top receivers I wouldn't be shocked right it's like he he, that's his ceiling 
but his floor is bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, we already kind of, we, we saw what the floor might look like when their offense as a whole uh, was struggling just because, I mean, at times, I mean, there's been some, I've seen some really fun breakdowns of just how out of sorts that whole offense was. So it's not like if they bring in a wide receiver, that's just going to fix everything anyway. But, you know, he didn't actually have a, a terrible, terrible season. He had the, the one big score early in the year, ended up with like 400 receiving yards on the year on an offense that was truly gross. And I know everybody looks like they had a horrible season out of the rookie wide receivers, you know, outside of Justin Jefferson, because everyone's comparing him to him. But yeah, I think uh, Rager could kind of take off and even with some help there uh, might bounce it back and be a surprise. But let's stay with the wide receivers here. So like with this incoming rookie group, like who who has the biggest impact early for you? Like, is it just the obvious name, Jamar Chase, or are you a Devontae Smith fan or Jalen Waddle or somebody else? Like who's your instant impact rookie wide receiver this year? Yeah. So looking at it. So I, after watching, I haven't watched all these guys I watched. I kind of like to look at the names, you know, I'm one of those people that stands, you know, someone like Jalen Darden, this little sneak attack, bat, way late, <laughs> he's going to go fourth round, fifth round, you know, so yeah. that's some. but I think out of these top guys in the situation, I love Devontae Smith. I think that Devontae Smith is the most NFL ready out, out of all of them. And I, I'll stand by it. I think that his, where he wins in my book is his football IQ is unmatched. I almost cannot think of a, of a wide receiver that like in the last couple he is so ready he's so intuitive when you watch his film like this is a guy that sees the play happen he can get away from from anyone that's coming at him like it does not yeah. matter he is out of the way so that's where you know they everyone likes to say bmi blah 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 whatever it doesn't matter if you can't catch him right i don't care if he weighs 10 pounds if he can run and get out of the way it doesn't yeah. really matter right so you know this is someone that's fast he's you know he's so his hand his hands are where you know everyone tries to get at him a little bit but and the lack of of bulk but I think that with his routes with his tracking with his after the catch like he is just someone that is ready to go day one you know and and with the bulk too don't tell me that an NFL nutritionist and uh you know the training team cannot add 10 pounds to the boy i promise you they can put 10 pounds on him without a doubt like it does not matter he will gain that in muscle mass yeah i I definitely like devontae smith too he's been uh in the wide receiver two conversation for me for a long time and i know people like to pick pick apart the fact that he's like 10 pounds like maybe when he's like soaking wet but uh yeah yeah. but you know i think that's just old at this point and some people want to pick apart the you know, here, it, this is the road of his podcast. We love our analytics. And, you know, he didn't have the perfect breakout or the, or the production arc. But the truth be told, he was he was the wide receiver one for Alabama, sharing targets with Henry Ruggs, sharing targets with Jalen Waddell, sharing, sharing targets with Jerry Judy. And uh, he was doing it for really two years. And then to cap it all off and finish with more receiving touchdowns than any other Power 5 wide receiver ever. And just like you said, create ridiculous separation on every single play consistently. <laughs> Yeah, it's just he's not going to bust completely. Heisman. Yeah, like that <laughs> that hadn't happened that- in like thirty years. Like, yeah, so I think like he's ready to come into this yeah. league and make a difference. And you know, it'll be a. It's interesting that people are fading him so easily over the BMI thing. It's so funny because now BMI is becoming such an old fashioned thing. Even in the medical, you know, my yeah. my his my background is in the medical field, and like we don't. 
unless you're obese and it's like you have a health concern, your BMI means nothing because your muscle, like your muscle mass is not part of that. So I think that BMI is such an old fashioned way of looking at things. I think, yes, are there guys, but you look at Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley, his BMI was like one, 1.03 1.03 or something like that, uh, higher than Devonte Smith going in. And you look at not having, you know, with the way that quarantine and everything has contributed to it, I think he can very much easily put on the weight. And I, I think he will be just fine in the yeah. league. I think he can plug in and do, and do whatever. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian did a great job of getting him in space uh, last year for Alabama. But man, I think no matter where he goes, he's not going to have a trouble finding uh, green grass uh, to catch catch the ball easily. Uh, my guy outside of the obvious with Jamar Chase is actually I'm growing more and more as a definite all in on uh Elijah Moore fan <laughs> for me I mean I, I loved him even before like his his breakout year for Ole Miss just because I knew the role that he was going into like the heavy slot usage type role for Ole Miss uh, but you know in this past year his his big humongous breakout year where he averaged like 10 and a half touches per game showed he was more than just a slot wide receiver he could run any route he could make any catch outside as an outside wide receiver he was actually more efficient than he was as a slot guy that you know people think he's going to be pinned as just that in the pros but we said the same thing about Justin Jefferson we always say the same thing about somebody in a class but Elijah Moore has the crazy straight line speed with sub 4-4 wheels and incredible agility and and a really perfect production profile that we love to see here at at Rotovis as well Uh, are you a fan of Elijah Moore I am. He's like kind of like I have these, you know, I have like kind of my top guys and I have Elijah Moore and I have Rashad Bateman. Like those are two guys that, you know, they're in this middle tier that you would probably consider. And then I have my late like sleepers, like someone like Jalen Darden. But these are guys, again, like we've talked about, right, this entire time. It's like, yes, there is the guys that are going to do great um, right off the bat. But then there's probably, you know. I heard Joe Judge talk. This is what what got me interested in the wide receivers. You know, before the season ended, he did like a he was in a press conference and he brought up the fact that there's going to be 20 guys that are ready to start and make an impact. And he's right. I mean, like there is late val. There is some really late draft value this year, and I think you're going to see it come out very quickly. So you watch out for the teams that are very good at finding those sleepers in the draft, right? And I hate that word and I can't believe I'm using it, but that really is what it is. You know, like a team that's able to take someone like Jalen Darden coming out of what, North Texas? I mean, the guy's fantastic. Like he's he's another one that is is very ready to go. He's very a motivated individual. He's like, you know, I was on with Jake Seeley on my show and he describes him as, um, you know, trying to catch a fly in the house. Like what? Once you Good catch luck. him, yes, yeah. he's defenseless. I will admit that. But forget it. I mean, if he gets out, he's kind of got the Devonte Smith esque to him, where he's he's very high football. He's very shifty. That shiftiness is going to get him very far in the NFL if he can. He's someone that does. He could afford to gain some weight, right? Devonte yeah. Smith, like I don't really care. Like it's fine. Like you can gain five pounds, whatever. You're like basically Calvin Ridley size, but. Someone like uh, like uh, Jalen Darden, he you know he does he could afford just because you know you're you're gonna get tackled because he's not as um, he's not super thick you know he doesn't have right, a whole exactly, lot yeah exactly so there's a little bit less to him but I think I've been watching him you know I follow him on all these social medias he's really been putting in work this off season yeah so I think someone like that but like we said you know Elijah Moore these are guys that you're not hearing their names as much 
but I promise you next year you're gonna hear their names because they're Absolutely. gonna make impacts. So Rashad Bateman, who else can we think of? You know, a yeah, lot of even people like, like uh, 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 Tutu Atwell. Marshall, yeah. a lot of people like. So there's a lot of names. Yeah, I do like Terrace Marshall quite a bit. I know people want to, you know, he doesn't have a per- perfect production profile arc, and he, he had like half a season, huge breakout this year, but he led all of college football in terms of touchdown percentage for two seasons. Yeah. So just a- absolute monster. And people want to make fun of Tutu Atwell for weighing like, you know, three pounds as well. But, you know, he had like a 91st percentile adjusted production index as well and just was incredibly efficient uh, as a kind of smaller option for Louisville. So it, it'll be interesting just to see like all these guys and have all these great production profiles, early breakout ages, and uh, balanced skill sets, and you know, or the Jalen Dardens, or you know, it's smaller guys, shifty guys that are hard to catch. Like even the later breakout guys, like uh, Darden and Dwayne Eskridge, uh, if yes. you're the guys uh, that that still have crazy speed. Uh, this this wide receiver class is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to see. I'm telling you, this is the year of the Cinderella story. Like I've said it once, I've said it twice, I'm prepared to say it again. It's like you're going to see fourth, fifth round guys are going to yeah. end up being some of the best in this class. Yeah, it's be it, crazy. Yeah, and I, I think it may may have to do with something with the. I mean, like this last year has just been insane, and so this whole last season was just not normal. So I wonder how much impact all these weird production profiles and weird ends to these college careers and and strange draft process without a normal senior bowl, without a, a normal combine and all these pro, pro days, all this noise, all these different things. Uh, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see if the draft just looks a whole lot different than we expected uh, going in because I think everyone's just all over the place with some of these guys. Uh, but to wrap, round up the show, uh, just we've been talking about the Hall of Fame and stuff like that, so call your shot like right now today like I know they're just you know they're just rookies today they're probably going to play the, the, if they're making it to the Hall of Fame they're going to play for 10 plus years so you're making a, a, a prediction 10 plus years in, in advance so call your shot which which 2021 rookie is going to the Hall of Fame one day so it's the only rookie that I think is a guaranteed sign seal delivered generational talent and that is Mr. Kyle Pitts. I think that there is no way this guy doesn't come into the league. He's not ready to fight. He's not ready to put up numbers. He's not ready to break records. I mean, especially in a, you know, in a time where the tight ends are, you know, I like to joke around. It's kind of this uh, endangered species right now. We've got a, a couple really great guys and Kelsey and Kittle and Waller. And you guys can argue with me, uh, Troutman and all these other, whatever you want to <laughs> argue, that's fine. But it's just not, it's not the same anymore. You bring someone in like Pitts and who is almost one of the best wide receivers in this class. He's yeah. not only a tight end. I mean, we're talking about a guy that he's a tight end one and a wide receiver one. Like you want to argue he a hundred percent is. So that's my guess. I could see Kyle Pitts. He is, He's that guy, you know, he's that athleticism and just, he's just ready to go. He's, you can't tell, there's no way this guy comes in and, you know, God forbid I'm wrong in this, but he just won't be a bust. I'm the most confident in Kyle Pitts out of anyone in this, in this uh, entire draft. Yeah. And I think more and more people are coming around there right there with you. Cause I mean, if, if any way you slice it, he's just an incredible prospect. If you look at his his production numbers and, and how he broke out and really peaked uh, with over a 30% receiving yard, like dominator rating that we love to sit you know, that that's such a nerdy term, but essentially th- over 30% of the offense at Florida was accounted by just Kyle Pitts. And he was doing it 
as a big slot, as an inline tight end, as as an X wide receiver. Like he's all over the field and he has crazy top tier athleticism with incredible, you know, mid four fours speed at almost 250 pounds. It's insane. So uh yeah, he's he's maybe not um He's, he's maybe not the unicorn that we make him out to be, but he's still an easy, you know, first half of the first round uh, NFL draft pick that just looks like a slam dunk. So that would be really fun to see if he adds to the fold of uh, just uh, you know, all the mediocre tight ends because uh, we really need some uh, elite tight ends uh, more than I we have right end. now. <laughs> so I what? love tight ends. Like, I just want to see. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite positions after Same. O-line. Tight ends are my thing. Like, I just want to see someone come in and be that great tight end again, you know? And yeah. people try to comp him to Waller. You know, he doesn't deserve a comp. He's going to be his own category. He's going to come in. He's going to dominate from day one, hopefully in the right system. Because, of course, we've seen, you know, wrong system. It happens all the time. But yeah. I don't know how – is that – do you agree with the – do you have – who's your – your absolute hall of fame my absolute hall of fame just slam dunk pick i mean i i think i i've i've thought this for forever uh but i don't want to i i don't want to just say trevor lawrence because i think that he will be that that guy um but i think because he's just being uh, he was too good for too long uh, and, and it's been such a gross running back class after we, the, the more we dig into it. Uh, but people keep on pushing him down the board because everyone wants, everyone wants to talk about the five quarterbacks or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or somebody else uh, or even Najee Harris. But I'm going to say that it's Travis Etienne. Like, that's my dude. He's been my – I mean, first off, his I name is Travis. Him. His name's Travis, so he's got to be really good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But Travis Etienne, I mean, killing it for Clemson four years in a row, and we want to pick him apart for, for this or that. But – he, he improved in every way imaginable throughout the process. His contact balance, his, his receiving profile, everything that was ever a question in his first couple seasons for Clemson, he rounded out and answered uh, down the stretch. So I think he's going to land somewhere, uh, get a shot, and just be a, a multi-contract, just monster, dual threat, thousand and thousand every single year type upside player that looks like Alvin Kamara uh, or even better one day. So that's my my pick for the Hall of Fame, and uh, it's only half because his name is Travis. But anyway, <laughs> Steph, Steph, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this show, uh, College to Canton, episode forty of College to Canton. Wow. Uh, but uh, before uh, we sign off, any any uh, anything you want to plug that you're going to be doing as the NFL draft approaches? Yeah, sure. So uh, you know. Just my usual. You guys can find me on Twitter at Steffi Smalls, the three L's. The three L's are for Mr. Tom Brady's losses. You guys can find everything <laughs> I'm doing over there. I mean, yeah, anything that I have going on will always be up. I have my new show, Small Talk with Steffi Smalls. I have some really cool guests coming on, uh, dipping into betting a little bit more. That's kind of my new adventure this year. And I'm always popping on shows. I have two more after this. Yeah. So I'm all over the place right now. And I usually like to keep everyone up to date. And this is a this is a blast. We'll have to catch up like maybe before the season yeah. uh, and see how we did with draft stuff or maybe in the season. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, glad to. And we'll do a, a 10-year anniversary show uh, for when we uh, see if our, our Hall of Fame picks were correct as well. <laughs> our 15, 20 years down the line. Yeah, yeah we'll figure oh, it out. God, about uh, I'm talking about yeah. Kyle Pitts you know, when I'm like 50. Oh, man. Anyway, 
uh, <laughs> listeners, if you just want to leave a rate and review uh, for the show, it's super helpful. If you have any questions for NFL draft coverage, rookies, any college players you want to hear talked about on an upcoming episode, just leave a question wherever you listen. Leave it in the review and we'll get it on the show. And I can't believe it's already just two weeks to go until the NFL draft. But Steffi, thanks again for coming on. And listeners, I look forward to you all joining me again soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.